fellow Americans. We've got to do a better job of getting across that America is free. Every man, woman, and child had a right to a future of freedom. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Tagline Podcast. I am your co-host today, Aaron Perini, joined by my fearless friend, Christian McMullen. Christian, how are you? Good. Sun's shining. Can't complain. I know. Yesterday in the D.C. area was like the perfect spring day. It was like sunny, 75, not humid. And if you've ever been in D.C. in the summertime, you know it gets so unbelievably disgustingly humid here. And I was like, yes, oh, it's like the one nice spring day we're going to get. Like, this is it. We are here. I knew that today was going to suck more just because, like, you really only get, like, that one nice spring day in D.C. And then it'll, like, get cold and then it'll be a swamp today. Humid as hell. Yep. We really had just, like, that one really was one shining moment. Yeah, it's just a tease. It's Um, always a tease. Yeah, because when summer is coming, like, say goodbye, folks, because it's disgusting here. Yeah. No, certainly... uh Certainly not not looking forward to that. Yeah. No, I actually like I ate out on the back deck of my house last night. It was so nice. I just I will I will when I sat outside, I like literally told my husband, I was like, we're gonna eat outside today because it's never gonna be this nice again until next year. So like we're gonna take our one day. So I was very excited. Anyways, folks, we will go ahead and get into the swing of things here. Uh all across the board, it's been not great for Democrats in power right now in D.C. They have unified control of government, White House, House, and Senate. So really, the responsibility, and as Joe Biden would say, the buck stops with them. Well, Democrats are going to be kind of even more split between their really progressive base, their socialist-style base, and the rest of the party, because what we're seeing right now is the actual repercussions of Democrat policies happening in America today. If it's inflation, whatever, we'll get to that. We've got a lot to cover today, including some really exciting news at the end. I can't wait. So excited. If you know me, you know exactly why I'm happy. Um, So like I was saying, Democrats, inflation, you talk about this stuff, but we remember the defund the police movement, right? How they tried to wrap that into Black Lives Matter. Seattle was at the leading front of defunding the police. And now they are about 300 officers less because of actual cuts in, de- in police funding to the point where now, they, last month, they couldn't have any officer investigate sexual assault crimes last month. That has to be terrible if you are a victim of a crime knowing that you cannot get justice served in, a timely, in an appropriately timely fashion because of a of an unbelievably dangerous call by the radical left to defund the police and then the city doing so. Well, fast forward today, Democrats are now trying to carry the crime and justice and law and order mantle that they left. They let the far left not only take, but actually implement defunding the police. So we've seen that defunding the police doesn't work. It hurts victims. It hurts communities. And now Democrats are going to try to do a 180. I'll say two things on this. One, it's going to split the party because there are hardcore liberal progressive socialist Democrats who fully believe in defunding the police. They don't believe that they shouldn't be protected because they will pay for private protection of their own, but they believe in defunding the police hardcore. And there is the other side of the party that uh, there was a story back around the election in 2020, where a House member on a Democrat call, a Democrat House member said, 
We are going to get beat over the defund the police stuff. This will be why we lose. And Democrats did lose seats in 2020. Republicans didn't lose an incumbent race in 2020. So it was a huge year for them to see how the law and order message was playing. This is going to further split Democrats at a time where they don't have much good going on. Yeah, absolutely. When you look at the the Democratic Party on the whole, at worst, many were complicit in the defund the police rhetoric. They, yeah. they joined in. They mm-hmm. took the bump that came with that kind of popularity. And at best case scenario, they were quiet on it. Most of the Democratic leadership, you know, kind of stayed away from it or like there wasn't well really, they got fancy with the language yeah right? exactly like they re- tried to get cute they we're tried gonna to reallocate we're yep, going to reform all those types of things that was the best case scenario for most democrats was that they simply tried to stay away from it and now they're yeah. paying the political price for that kind of cowardice or you know or worse and they talked about democrats did talk about like reallocating funds away from police and into communities, right? And then you see down in Florida where Ron DeSantis, the governor, the Republican governor, who is doing a great job and literally he could cure cancer and go to the moon on his own and people would still still say terrible things about him just because he is unapologetic in fighting for Florida. It, it's amazing. Tony Dungy stood with him as he signed a bill to provide funding for foster families and fathers to increase father participation in their child's lives. And the wacko left tried to go out there and cancel Tony Dungy, who, by the way, is a man who gives of his time to go into jail systems and try to help reform people. He has 11 children, eight of which are adopted. This is the kind of person you want in the community. So Democrats talk about how they want to reallocate police funds, how they have to be tough on crime. But then when an actual Republican stands up and says, we're not going to reallocate police funds, here is money we are going to put forward to help promote families. They freak out and try to cancel everybody. This is how fractured and broken the Democrat Party is. And the timing couldn't be worse, right? We're coming off of 2020 was the largest homicide increase in the history of crime stats. And we don't have the full statistics from this uh, from last year. But I mean, already independent studies are showing that homicide rates are on the up and up this year from last year already. So it's it's not getting better. It's only getting worse. And, you know. It's it's bad timing given that we're coming up on elections for a lot of those same people who were, again, either complicit or quiet. Yeah. Here's the thing. I would say the majority of Americans respect police. They believe in law and order. They want safe communities. They want their kids to be able to go outside and play. So I never understood the defund the police movement. I understood that people wanted to see structural reforms, but it was never a good message to defund the police. That was never, it's, no. it's not a winning strategy. No. And it's bad policy because look, I mean, look at the victims in Seattle. This is the thing about Democrats when they talk about police reform or defunding the police that they, or when you talk about George Soros and the money he has put in to winning DA races with progressive district attorneys who do not prosecute to the fullest extent of the law, who gets hurt? Victims. Victims are the ones that are being sorely underrepresented in this conversation because there's a sexual assault victim in Seattle right now who doesn't have a case that's being investigated because the city decided to follow the extreme far radical left and defund the police. Yep. And we also have, you know, all over the, you mentioned the George Soros thing. I mean, the push for allowing more criminals on the streets and, you know, cutting back on 
you know, these types these of bail reforms, bail reforms. Yeah. Like it's only, it's only Again, adding the victims. Yep, exactly. It's only adding to the fuel to the fire. If you get attacked and you're in a state like New York where they have bail reform, where people can get out so easily. What's the, what, like if you're a criminal, what's the, what's the crime? Like you're not getting in trouble for it. No. And I think, I mean, I think that's obviously contributed greatly to the, uh, you know, the increase in crime we're seeing, not just in homicide rates, but in petty theft and, yeah. you know, all, all sorts of things. I think that for Democrats, this is a bad message. It's not going to work for them. We are seeing it in real time and we will be able as strong Republican communicators who have always stood with the brave men and women of law enforcement who do their job nobly to be able to take this message across the finish line and hopefully make sure that communities are safer by putting politicians forward who care about communities. Now, it's not the only problem that Democrats have. What else are they facing right now, Christian? Well, record, record levels of inflation. Consumer wages or consumer prices are up 8.5%, and we found out today that producer uh, prices are up 11.5%. So clear, I keep stumbling because my next point is wages are clearly not uh, keeping up with inflation. Right. That is that is the largest, largest thing. And, you know, I think, again, we talked about the... It's a tax. It's a pay cut. It's all of those things. Inflation? Yep hurts people. And we talk about the democratic policies coming home to roost on the crime. We're seeing it happen in yes. inflation, this pushing, you know, all the spending, mm -hmm. the student loan moratorium. I mean, all mm -hmm. kinds of things. And they want to spend more. And it's, yeah, it's their entire agenda is set up to spend more yeah. money as to spend their way out of these problems. And it's, it's clear we're not seeing it. Yeah. And I'm not an economist to, I'm not here to pretend I even know whether Don't or not. Don't play one on TV. Nope, I understand I, that. Yeah. I won't even pretend to know whether or not we're <laughs> <laughs> on the way towards a recession, but these types of these types of behaviors clearly are having a problem. And again, when you right. talk about the timing, if the house is on fire. You don't pour more gas on it. No, yeah, right. I'm, like I'm not a chemist, but I, I guess not. <laughs> so so far, folks, we've learned two things. Christian is not an economist and not a chemist. Yep. You'll also find out I'm not a mathematician shortly. But <laughs> that's a tease. Just getting ahead of myself here, folks. But I mean, th that's the thing, right? It, it's the old adage. You know, how you get out of a hole, you stop digging. Democrats are continuing to dig. And Joe Manchin, to his credit, I mean, the only real moderate Democrat that exists in the party, he is saying it, none of this makes sense. The continuing to spend money is not, we cannot continue to add trillions to the debt and deficit and think we are going to get inflation under control. And the rest of the Democrats' party is like, no, listen to that guy. Yep. <laughs> what is, you know, they like kind of turn up their nose at it, but it's going to be a big problem. Yeah. And first they said it, it was, is a big problem. Yep. First they said it was transitory. Now they're uh, blaming Putin. I mean, temporary it's yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, they're, they're all over the place when it comes to the messaging on this. And they're certainly, you know, again, it's, it's their, that, yeah, it's that's their the other, hill to die on. That's the other side of the story, right? Is Democrats are blaming messaging for their political problems, which I think is hilarious. It's, it's not a messaging problem. It's not that you're not getting out there the things you've done. No, 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 no. It's completely out there. The problem is the message for Democrats sucks. It's inflation. It's the border crisis. It's the drug crisis. It's the crime crisis. You, it, it's the geopolitical nightmare we're facing because Joe Biden emboldened Vladimir Putin over Nord Stream 2. Hello, Democrats. It's actually, it makes me laugh that they're like, oh, we didn't do a good job selling our message. Um, you guys are all delusional if you think that's the problem here because there was a tweet by NBC news business account, business news account, right? That said uh, inflation hit 8.5% because of the 
because of Putin's war and rent prices going up. No. Inflation, Democrats try to say this is Putin's price hike. Uh, no, this started well before Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine. This actually started well within Democrats taking over both the White House, the House, and the Senate. So the problem isn't the messaging that they're not getting the message out there. The problem is the message. Yeah, and look at what the last two weeks sort of, you know, gas prices and the rise. Look at the Biden administration's response. Their first response was we're going to release oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. I know, Joe Biden's treating the Strategic Petroleum Reserve like he just got his his family's inheritance. He's going to blow it all in Vegas this weekend. Yeah, it's a, pig, it's a piggy bank is, is really yeah. you know, what it is. And then, so yesterday he's in Iowa pushing, you know, saying he's going to unlock E15, this ethanol uh, yeah. mixed gasoline. But I a little digging on this, only 2,300 out of 150,000 gas stations in America are even equipped or able to to have take this, E15. take this E15. And again, I'm not a mathematician, but yeah. that's only one and a half percent. Well, don't, don't fact check those numbers, folks. Yeah. I, he's not a math. I've checked it. I checked it on he's, a couple. He's been very clear about yeah. that. You yeah. can't hold Christian I, to I account did. for the numbers he comes. So we can give you a lot of things on this podcast. Numbers, but you probably shouldn't include them in your talking points, but we can do the math yourself. I said, <laughs> I'm, I'm confident it's 2,300 out of 150,000. And I'm pretty sure that that's one and a half percent, but I just can't, I can't be held accountable if it's not. <laughs> that's, that's the best. Well, folks, you can listen to us. Just don't listen to our math. Speaking of bad messaging, like your ability to do math, apparently, we have seen some bad spins, some bad takes this week. Christian, what do you think is the worst spin of the week? So mine is going to be uh, related to COVID and the fact that the Biden administration is, stop me if you heard this before, 15 days uh, more on the mask mandate. Yeah. 15 days. Still worried about COVID, but you know, nothing on title 42, nothing on some of these other measures, but no, we have to keep the federal transit mask mandate. And again, I, their reasoning is pretty bullshit too, Yep, is to say that, uh, well, we just want to monitor if there's an increase. Yeah. So the numbers aren't where they would want. The numbers are in a spot right now where they're telling you it's probably okay to do away with these masks on this on, on transit, but we're just going to give it another two weeks in case we do get the numbers we want to keep this in place. And and keeping it in place for 15 days is almost it it almost it, I almost have to believe it's a joke because they're going to bring everybody clearly from the that means infinity. Yeah. to the airports. <laughs> clearly, clearly, 15 is infinity because we're still in you know how many days of stop the spread. So like we're not mathematicians. Yeah. Again, <laughs> this has been very clear, <laughs> but. You know, the just uh, the mess. Yeah, that that is my message. Yeah, yeah, that is my that is my worst spin for the week. My worst spin of the week goes to the senior advisor for communications to the National Economic Council. Kid named Jesse. I don't know if he's kid. I don't know how old he is. Never met him. Uh, As the inflation news was breaking, he quote tweeted um, some things about uh, Senator Rick Scott when Rick Scott was saying that uh, inflation is what's like caused by Democrats here. Uh, he said, oh, good, Putin. Well, he didn't say, oh, good. The quote, direct quote is Putin and R- send Rick Scott fully in lockstep and blaming Biden for Putin's price hike. So surprising. So what he's saying here is that Vladimir Putin and Rick Scott are in cahoots or on the same messaging because they know that this inflation isn't caused by Vladimir Putin's war. Yeah. And that is some brain worms, nonsense, non-logical noise I have ever heard. 
they are trying to say that legit, if you, this is what Democrats do. If you push back on their narrative, they're like, you're racist. You're a bigot. You're friends with Putin. You're in with Russia. You are the problem here. And 99% of the time, it's them who are actually doing those things. And this guy has the gall to try to say that Rick Scott's in step with Vladimir Putin when the Biden administration gifted the Nord Stream 2 pipeline despite Zelensky and everyone else telling them it'll empower Putin to wage war in Eastern Europe. And he has thoughts about what's fully in lockstep with Putin. Yep. Unbelievable. Worst spin of the week. Yeah. And never mind the San Francisco Fed literally saying government spending is to blame for inflation spike. Other government sources that I'm pretty, I would hope that the NEC spokesman would be aware of. Hack's got a hack, man. Flack's got a flack. I mean, I I wouldn't want to be out front having to defend that either. I'm much happier on this side of the conversation than I am being a Democrat for a number of reasons. And like every day that ends in why I'm happy. But Right now, when you're looking at the spin they have to try to put out there to sell the American people who are buying none of it, that this is somehow Vladimir Putin's part uh, fault, it's just it, it's just the worst take you could have. Yeah, it's garbage, garbage take. Absolutely. And we were talking a little bit earlier about crime, but some some news out of the uh, NFL. Uh, clearly, there's some problems with the Washington Commanders accountants team. Talking, Terrible. I guess we're Terrible. not. Name. Yeah, added to uh, added to our list of things that we are not accountants, but it seems that the uh, good commanders have been keeping two sets of books. And the thing that's most interesting about this type of thing for me is obviously this is a franchise that's been in trouble for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Uh, just toxic behavior and truly deplorable um, actions by a lot of the the higher ups. But it's one of those things where a lot of that has slid by the NFL because the NFL kind of tends to uh, forgive a lot of transgressions but hiding money from the league and other owners they're not gonna they will (laughs) that is if there's one thing that's going to throw throw things off i think it's this we have seen the nfl forgive a lot over the years or turn a blind eye to it they will not turn a blind eye to cook in the books against them they will not and the fact like i can't believe that this is a thing that is like the guy's like yeah we kept two sets of books yeah we've done it for a while we've we've been doing this for a few years now where we just there's the real books and then there's the books we give the NFL. I don't understand how the NFL doesn't have a better grip on ticket sales. Like you guys don't know how I mean. I mean, they used to know about ticket sales and sellouts for local TV when yep. that was still a thing. Now they're the broadcasts are like, if you're in the local area, you're not going to get blacked out. You used to be used to get as a bills fan. Yeah. You used to get blacked out on local games all the time. Cause they didn't sell enough tickets. Yeah. Noted restaurant owner, Russ Salvatore used to have to buy tickets and donate them just to get, you know, just to get, just to yeah, get so well, we, we could were, watch the games at yeah, home. The little in the hunt graphic. As long as we're in the hunt, you knew Russ Salvatore is going to buy yeah. some tickets <laughs> for some kids so that we so could I at just, least see. Right. I don't understand how the NFL doesn't have a better grip on it, but yeah, all these other events, it seems, is where they were really, like, steal yeah, from other events at the stadium that they were cooking. and, and Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, folks, this I have been the most excited to talk about. This broke right after, almost right after, we finished recording the last podcast. And it took a lot of self-restraint for me not to come in here and just have us re-record the entire thing to include this. But Miss Brittany Jean Spears is pregnant. With baby number three, it's her first one with her fiance, Sam. It is, she's 40 and I am so excited. I'm going to try to keep this short because I could literally go on for a very, very long time about this. 
Britney Spears just got her freedom back, truly her freedom, her ability to spend her money, to get engaged, to be able to get pregnant, to be able to drive a car, to make choices on her own. She just got this freedom back. And now she is engaged and she is pregnant. She is getting everything she has deserved in life that she had taken from her by her family and she's getting a new baby. And Brittany has been talking for years about how she wants to have a daughter, how she wants to have another kid. She's wanted this. I am so excited for her. This is huge news. Yes. Brittany Jean Spears is pregnant. I'm so excited. I cannot like this. I'm uh, it's such great news. I'm so happy that when we said free Britney as part of the free Britney movement, we didn't mean just get her out of conservatorship. We said, let her live her life. This is what she wants. And this is what we get free Britney. Heck yes. I am stoked. Yeah. Very, very exciting news. So excited. We'll be, uh, we'll be one of those. I, I it's yeah, this is going to be, it's just a new story probably every day I'd imagine on, on so different exciting. things. And she announced it on her Instagram cause she has control of it again. It's just, uh, it's fantastic. Okay, Christian, what are we looking ahead to? I mean, we are looking ahead to the little Sam and Britney Spears baby because it could be so beautiful, but. Yep, outside of that. <laughs> um, so uh, the little situation that's kind of developing on our southern border, not the immigration crisis, uh, but uh, Texas Governor Greb Abbott uh, implemented new orders requiring extra in inspections of commercial trucks uh, as part of his border security efforts, obviously trying to crack down on both uh, drug and human trafficking but this has created a sort of a backup at the border. Mexican truckers are blocking the international bridge, um, creating super long backups. This is obviously very uh, critical to United States. Uh, a lot of products coming over from Mexico, especially in the agriculture, a lot of groceries at a time where we already have significant supply chain shortages and rampant inflation um, this is going to be something to kind of watch and to see, uh, whether or not Mexico is able to sort of, uh, create some, some additional security tactics so that the United States doesn't have to implement such stringent, uh, searches, but, uh, something, something to watch and, you know, is kind of plays into all of the narratives that we've been talking about kind yeah. of all at once. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, my story to watch is about this girl's flag football debut across the country there. So in New, in Western New York, they, and they have done it in, there are 12 teams in Western New York and 48 in six areas across the state. So New York is like standing up this big flag football team for girls, this big program and the Buffalo bills are helping fund it. And the New Jersey giants and the New Jersey jets, why they're helping New York. I mean, well, you know, we're happy to, but you know, they, they, they are New Jersey teams. Um, I'm so excited about this. You want to talk about a way to empower girls in sports? It is to open them to opportunity. They're saying that long-term, the goal here is to like get more girls interested in football so that they want to be part of football and its culture, coaching and things like that. We talked about uh, Rachel and the MLB earlier this week on the podcast. We saw this week that uh, MLB major league team um, had a woman come out and coach first base for them. Uh, San Francisco Giants, I believe. Uh, so women are really cracking through right now in very male-dominated sports. You want to empower women, you do things like this flag football team. You get them bought in culturally young, and you're not forcing it. 
This isn't something that is mandated, but this is how you empower girls in sports. I love it. I'm so excited. I'm glad that the NFL teams are involved and leaning in to help make this hopefully a really successful way to get more women involved in the X's and O's and the play of football. I think it's great. I'm super excited. Yeah. Yeah. Having more, having everyone involved in sports is, you know, healthier for kids. And I mean, there's, there's a million benefits from, from having, you know, more solid uh, sports growth across the country. So I'm, yeah, I think it looks like a really cool thing. We'll see how it goes. But, um, I mean, I used to like, they had like flag football at my YMCA growing up, but that wasn't, I like watching football. I'm not the girl to play it. Yeah. It's, I'm not what they would call athletic. Yeah. I'm worried about our kickball team in the office. Cause yeah. I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm defending gonna, defending champion kickball I, team though. Are, so we we are gonna sully that title because we're just I'm not I'm not what you would call good at this. But we'll be there. I am a great cheerleader. Yep. Uh, we we have support down. Drinking and support, I think, is where. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Not you know, not everybody excelling. Not everybody has to be a, a great athlete. Yeah, no. <sighs> Gotta have people like us, not mathematicians either. Not yep. great athletes. It's a long list. This podcast <laughs> will just be a list of things I'm not great we're at. Not. Um at the end, but all right. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that covers it. Quite a day. Quite a news story cycle. It's going to continue. We appreciate everybody tuning in and listening and enjoying this podcast and texting and telling us what they think. My sister has texted me. She has listened to all the episodes. Uh, we have multiple members of my family. Uh, I hope they gave us five stars. Hopefully. You know, rate, review, subscribe. That's how this works. Come join the fun again next week. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. We look forward to everybody joining us again. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Tagline Podcast brought to you by Tag Strategies. Like I said before, rate, review, subscribe. Come join us again next week for more banter and things we're not. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Go get them. Goodbye. Go Bills. Go Bills.